Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 82. I think it's 82. I think we're on 82. <laughs> <laughs> um, great short but sweet episode for you. Um, I give you some more tips about getting rid of trash. Get your pen and paper ready. Um, this is gonna be if you're moving to Japan, this is gonna be something you're definitely gonna want to take notes on. Um, trash appliances, you know, recounting what I'm doing, um, some a bit of my history here. Uh, how I've kind of gotten rid of trash and things like that. There's a bit more information about it I kind of forgot to mention in the podcast. Um, I'll just tell you now while, while I remember. Um, I, I was talking about, uh, you know, that it, everything has to fit in a plastic bag. I was able to actually、um, get rid of a few larger items by cutting, like, for example, a futon, by cutting it up. They didn't take it one time. I had to cut it up myself and shove it into like. Six or seven different plastic bags, and I was able to throw it out on trash day. Sorry, does it? Sorry, I know that's not appropriate for the intro, but that was one piece of information that I forgot to mention in the main podcast. So,、uh, after you listen to it, it'll kind of make sense. So, I also give you an update on、uh, a new type of restaurant coming in, and、uh, whatchamacallit, and、uh, a supplemental article based on the kind of heavier topic I talked about last week. Um, there, I, I, I was able to find an article that had some other information that kind of piggybacks on what I was talking about before. So, all right, y'all, let me get out of here and enjoy. Hey there. Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Just messing around. What's up? Welcome, welcome to episode 82 of the podcast. Thanks for rocking with me. Thanks for stopping in for a listen. Uh, tonight of all nights, it's a, it's a late one for me. It's like, ooh, fuck, like 1 10 in the morning.、Um, I am busy. Let me adjust my mic real quick. I have a real mic now. <laughs> I can say that, not like my phone. If you're a long time listener, you know what I'm talking about.、Um, yeah, so see, I'm still not professional bumping into shit.、Uh, <laughs> um, So, this time around, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a late start. So, of course, it's going to be a short podcast. Definitely so, because I have a day full of family stuff tomorrow and counting down to my family trip. And I also have some other like home reform, whatnot, business to take care of. So, moving shit around, you know, cleaning and whatnot. And so,、um, I'm fucking busy, y'all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I was like actually feeling just before recording, I was feeling a little bit out of it.、Um, just I, I worked and I had, well, there was a typhoon that came through Tokyo today. Well, not through Tokyo, it's actually passing through central Japan. It missed us. So a lot of hot、uh, summer finally has come, hot summer, humid weather,、um, but a lot of wind and stuff. So Um, a lot of my students freaked out and canceled lessons. So I had this big gap in my schedule, but it was good because I was able to do some other video editing,、um, some tax related stuff, preparation stuff、um, that I needed to get done, that I wanted to get done before my trip, which I was able to do. So I was like, 
happy about that. And I got everything right the first time. So I was like, yeah, my numbers were right the first time. So I was like, yeah, I kind of know what I'm doing. You know, so I was boosted about that. Um, then, yeah. And so basically, as soon as I um, finished work, I basically ran home. Uh, there was some shit that needed to get uh, thrown away here or get gotten rid of. So I had to kind of do that and hustle and bustle and do that. And so like... When the, when I finally had a minute to rest, it was I looked up at the clock. It was like fucking eleven thirty. No, it's like midnight basically. Um, so and then I was like, oh, I gotta record the podcast. So um, yeah, so I was like not feeling too hot. So I just took like a half an hour to like just lamp out, watch some TV, like fuck around on my phone before you know getting all my shit out and recording, talking to y'all. So it's not gonna be that long. Um, let me give you just some some house business. I, I, I figured out what I'm going to do for the podcast coming up for the next week. I am going to try to stick to a pretty standard recording schedule. How I'm going to do it, though, at first I was like, maybe I'll double up on podcasts and just like set the other one for next week. But thinking about the timing of when I come back, um, you know, again, like Monday, Tuesday, uh, it'll be a little bit, uh, maybe a day or two later than normally. But I sh- you should, I'm not going to guarantee it, <laughs> just in case anything unforeseen happens. But you should be able to, uh, I should be able to record and get, you know, a weekly Japan According to a Keel out to you um, sometime uh, in about a week or so. So um, that that should be cool. But but what I'm going to do today, tonight, because I have to um, wake up kind of, tomorrow's my day off, but I got to wake up early and do family stuff all day, uh, is... Um, is yeah, give you one topic. Well, actually, it's related to the story that I told you before. That's kind of why I told it because I wanted to remind myself. Let me adjust this motherfucking mic so that I don't have to like. Yeah, okay, that's that's better. That's more comfortable. Um, yeah, that's part of the reason why I told you all that to to set up. You know, uh, I try to give some forethought to the my meandering topics for the podcast and how it relates to life here in Japan. If you're a first time or new listener. That's kind of how the way things go. So there was a little foreshadowing in that shit. Um, throwing shit away here. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever really talked about the fucking bane on <laughs> your existence in Japan. That is sodaigomi, right? And sodaigomi, when you. You won't know what the fuck that word means, but if you, when you're ready to leave Japan or re- need to move, you're gonna learn that word, right? Now I'm gonna take. I've never actually looked up the definition of the word. Um, it just probably means large. So die. Um, I'm trying to find the. Grand, it might be grand. I I don't know what the kanji for it is, but it might be grandiose. <laughs> That's not. I don't even think that is. But anyway, it's just fucking basically um anything that won't fit in a trash bag is so daigomi, right? Here in Japan, and so what that means is uh, anything that can't fit in a trash bag or is uh, electronic appliance or or any piece of furniture or something like that you can't throw it away with the regular trash in japan you have to order you have to you have a couple of choices um but basically trash all trash if, if you've heard the trash sorting episode that i did i think about a year plus ago 
um, you know that all trash is not created equal in Japan. And that's one of the biggest learning curves you have to get over is understanding that because, you know, um, you will stick out like a sore thumb if you try and like, like I did <laughs> when I first came to Japan, trying to like shove an iron in a fucking trash bag and throw it out with your regular trash. <laughs> they're not going to take it. They're, they're hip to that game, you know, so, <laughs> you know, try and bust some clever moves so that you can juke the system. I'll give you a couple of tips that, that have worked for me in the past, but you know, you're not going to just like sneak you know, a fucking bookshelf into a plastic, like wrap it in plastic and expect them to take it. Like it's just not going to work. Duct tape that shit in plastic. They're not going to take it, man. And um, that's where it's kind of Sodai Gomi comes in, right? So what that means is basically it's a paid trash removal service, but you just can't just like put it out there. It's all based on appointments and reservations. So you, if you, if you can't really, like, I don't do it myself. Like, I could do it, you know, but it would just take me forever. So I just ask my wife, you know, like, please, okay, we got to do this. Can you please just handle it? Tell me what to get, and I'll get it. Basically, what it means is, um, so what happens is uh, you make an appointment online, and now it's done online, and the, the trash and removal people will give you an appointment for your address for your place, and they'll cut, you have to itemize exactly what you're going to get rid of. You can't just put shit out like they won't. They will only take what what you've itemized, right? So, uh, so on this allotted day, you know they'll come by. It's got to be kind of put correctly shown but you just don't put it out there you have to pay it's prepaid and they'll and how you pay is through stickers right and so for example you'll get like a um a, a cost a price for all the items that you put out so like you know for example uh, i don't know a refrigerator might be like 500 600 yen you know which again if you're talking us dollars like just um divide by 100 so 6 bucks basically to get rid of your refrigerator you know so you can imagine if you're moving out of a place and and you don't really have anyone to sell your shit to or give it away to which is another pain in the ass like you know you might end up spending like 40 50 bucks just to get rid of all the shit that you spent like hundreds of thousands, hundreds, hopefully you're not an idiot and spent thousands of dollars <laughs> on it, <laughs> but, you know, hundreds of dollars, like, buying, you you might have to pay even more, it, it kind of hurts, you know, it kind of hurts, like, fuck, man, I just bought this shit a couple of years ago, and I gotta fucking pay to get rid of it, but that's how it goes here, right, so you pay, you you go to the convenience store, and you got, you got, oh, important thing, you have to make sure that the convenience store you go to is within your ward, your district, or your area. If you buy the wrong stick, Lord, forgive, Lord help you. If you go to a convenience store that's outside of your ward, like if you live in Tokyo, for example, this almost happened to me when I lived in to when I lived in Tokyo one time. Um, you, it's like uh, it was like a convenience store. It's like a couple of convenience stores. The closest one is like a five minute walk away. Another one in another direction is like a, you know, seven, I forgot, like maybe a seven minute walk away. So I went to the five minute walk away one and I went there. I was like, hey, let me get the sword I go me one. Da, da, da. And the, the dude was like, hey, you know, it's for, da, 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 da. I forgot what ward it was. It's for da, 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 ward. And I was like, oh shit, no, we live in this ward. And it turns out the street that it was on was the, the, the borderline for the next ward. So if I would have fucked up and, and bought like, 
the little stickers for that area, they just wouldn't have took our shit. They just would have stayed out there, and you know, people would have been really pissed off at this. So I had to walk over back the other way and go to another one. I think I took my bike at that time. I don't remember. This is years ago, but. The point is, like, you have to, you know, it's Japan. You got to be really particular about the procedures for doing shit. So you get the stickers, you know, you, you got the reservation, you got the pricing, you get the stickers, you know, the hundred. Okay, let me get, like, you know, it's like fucking uh, you're trading baseball cards. Give me the three, two, 300 yen ones, and, and, and I'll trade you for a 100 yen one, and then you swap them out and put them on there, and then they'll fucking take it. If you do all that in the correct order, in the correct way, your furniture will be gone or your appliances will be gone. Like, and, and that's how it goes. Or what I was doing, though, um, which is um, pretty interesting. So it's, it's a big, there's a, an, another alternative to that is going to recycle shops, right? Now, a recycle shop is a really, if you're moving to Japan, a recycle shop is going to be your best friend, right? If, especially if you're staying here for, you know, if you're not staying here long term, a year or two or things like that, I if you're st- if you're only planning to stay in, in Japan for like a year or two, um, you know, especially I'm talking to you, sub Negro. All right, if you're only planning to stay in Japan for a short amount of time, I would say you know, focus on recycling shops and get as much shit as you can from there. It's basically just a secondhand store, like a Goodwill, a used place, you know. Um, you don't really want to overpay for a bunch of shit that you're gonna that's gonna be a bitch to get rid of in a couple of years, right? So your washing machine, um, your uh, refrigerator, for example, maybe even your stove, depending on the, the type of uh, apartment you're in, are gonna be the big ones, right? Um, washing machine, I've never had to plug in by myself. Like a lot of times, the delivery people will do it for you if you just ask them. But again. You, if you can't speak Japanese, you might need a Japanese person to help you out with that. So it, it can get kind of complicated if you don't have someone to hook you up or help you out with this shit. But um, that's definitely the goal. If you can arrange, you might have to pay like 500 yen extra or something like that, a little bit extra. But it's well worth, like, if especially if you're moving, trying to fumble around to connect, you know, the fucking pipes and shit to get your washing machine working versus like just paying someone a few hundred yen just to do it for you, you know, because if you fuck that up, you're kind of fucked, you know, really. So um, refrigerator is pretty cut and dry though, but um, but yeah, once you get th- those things, like again, like and and then if if um, you play your cards right and get something, you can just sell it back to a recycle shop when you're done. Of course, you'll for example, for example, pay like let's say uh, ten or fifteen thousand yen for your refrigerator used of course if, if I'm, I'm thinking like in terms of me like a single person in their 20s you know a mid-sized refrigerator you might pay like 1500 yen for you know uh 15,000 yen I'm sorry 15 20,000 yen same thing for a washing machine and you're going to sell it back for like 3,000 you know or 2,000 or something like that so you're going to get totally ripped off but think about it like that like you're getting at least some money back versus like putting it out through so die so die and you're going to have to pay money to get rid of it you know which kind of hurts so if you think like you you know you're just getting fucked doubly basically um 
Yeah, it's not that pleasant. Like, it, it, even for me, it still ha- puts a bad taste in my mouth. So what I did today was I took um, a bunch of crap <laughs> that we don't use and don't need anymore to this shop called Book Off. So I drove it over there. Um, that's exact. like, I've been doing that for the past two days. Like, just some furniture, some drawers, and some other shit. Um, and, like, old TV, stuff like that. Um, and, yeah, they... they buy all your shit you know and i think like some stuff we got like three thousand yen for some stuff you get like a few hundred yen for you know and then they'll just like but whatever but i i don't give a fuck i'm like hey if you give whatever for free i don't give a fuck just get rid of it at this point because as long as i'm not paying to get rid of it like it's cool with me like that's kind of how the frame of mind i'm at now so um, I think I came home with like a, like a, basically a car full of shit. I came home with like three, four hundred yen in my pocket, and I was like, "Woohoo, we got four hundred yen for that shit!" You know, versus like paying. But again, the flip side of that would be paying probably the amount of items that I had just off the top of my head, two or three thousand yen, paying out of pocket to get rid of it. So. I mean, plus the shit I took yesterday is probably end up being closer to 5,000 yen to get rid of, like, all that stuff. So, you know, it it kind of swings, the, the pendulum kind of swings the other way if you think about it like that. So definitely, uh, honestly, I, I've been living in this country for coming up on 15 years, and that shit still pisses me. It's still, like, fucking annoying, like, that I have to pay to get rid of shit. Like, that's just something I probably might never get used to. And just something, be prepared for that. And, you know, the moving out process. Uh, moving in, getting the shit in your place is fucking easy. Hey, you almost deliver it? Cool, cool. But when you want to move that shit out, it is a fucking pain. And I would just say, just, you know, be a little bit more understanding. Because, remember, Japan is a really small country. Space is limited. The landfills and all is is just you know, so um, just just keep that keep that in mind and definitely go for used shit if you do have the chance. All right. So before I get up on on out of here, uh, let me give you uh, one more thing. So just again, I, I've I've kind of been in the habit of just collecting articles and um, one article went from one picture. Of course, I didn't read it, but I'll just speculate wildly based on it. Oh, speaking of that, before that, I want something I want to tell you guys. Because this week in Tokyo, we are officially counting down. There's one year, less than one year. There's only one year left. Um, less than one year. A few days, I think this week, the one-year countdown to the Tokyo Olympics started. And, like, they've been playing commercials. and They've been playing the same commercials over and over again, like, on news. And I was sitting there. I think it was yesterday. I think it was the one year. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and I, I was, like, sitting there watching, like, one year. And I was like, you know what? I am officially over the Olympics coming here. Like, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, the Olympics haven't even started yet. And I'm like, I'm totally over this shit. Like, I didn't get any tickets. Um, it's going to be crowded as fuck. It's going to be hot as fuck. The TV here, like, I think I've talked about before, like, the... When the Olympics are on, they only play Japanese events. Like, I'm used to, like, in America, in the Olympics, I don't know about your country, where you live, but in America, when the Olympics are on, it's more about the Olympics as a whole, you know, setting the stage for athletes all over the world to shine. Of course, it's a bit biased towards American athletes, especially because, you know, America wins the most medals, but they still take time out to show 
the best of the best. And, you know, they'll cut away from like a bullshit qualifier to show someone from another country uh, winning a gold or show to show like the fun. Americans like winners. So we want to see, you know, who's going to win these events and to give you an overall medal count and to like give you a bigger picture of what's going on in the Olympics, not just like what Americans are doing, even if like it's just like a shitty ass qualifier, you know, but in Japan, because it's, I don't know, I've talked to my wife about it. I, I still say, man, fuck this shit. That's some bullshit. But she's like, it's Japan, you know. But <laughs> she doesn't say it like that. But in my mind, that's how she says it. But, <laughs> um, but like, um, because, you know, the number of athletes is kind of limited and uh, the events where Japanese pl- players get events is limited, they show everything. Everything that like a Japanese athlete is participating in gets shown here. Even if it's like a crappy ass qualifier that they don't even make it to the finals or they suck balls in the first round, they're going to show it here all fucking day on replay when like, you know, great fucking competitions are, and they might like uh, pass Summer Olympics because he's popular shows like Usain Bolt or like the top, 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 top elite athletes of maybe like you know michael phelps might get shown or some shit like that um once in a while but like you're not seeing you know just because he's popular he was popular in japan and just because usain bolt was popular in japan but you're not gonna see across all sports the best of the best you know given their all and that's for me like what the olympics is all about so you know, I'm going to be having to, like, search some bootleg-ass sites and, and, like, do some crazy shit just to try and see what the... Get some, you know, backdoor feeds from America just to be able to see what the fuck is going on. Like, you know, it's going to be fucking crazy. So, um, just, you know, in about a year and just me thinking about that, like, I mean, I'm totally locked into, like, you know, business-wise and company-wise and not only coming up to the Olympics, but going beyond the Olympics as well, you know, it's not going to stop for me after that. I'm realizing now the Olympics was just my catalyst to kind of propel me forward. But yeah, like just as far as like looking forward to it, like I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm probably more looking forward to the Paralympics, to be honest with you, because though, because, you know, the Paralympics are not really crowded at all. And, you know, everyone's like, you know, fucks off after the Olympics. Like, I'll probably venture out and go to some Paralympic events is, you know, with the family and stuff like that because t- tickets are more readily, readily available. And I think I had an article um, about that. Let me see if I can find it. A picture I took on my phone. Oh, yeah, I did. If you want to know how crazy the situation has become, just check out the Mainichi. That's M-A-I-N-I-C-H-I in an article, uh, Tokyo Olympic Tickets. Be prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> I saw this headline. It just made me chuckle. Once again, The Mainichi is a, it's a newspaper here. And you can spell Mainichi, M-A-I-N-I-C-H-I. And the article is Tokyo Olympic Tickets. Be prepared to be disappointed. And that's from a few days ago on uh, July 24th. And that's pretty much how it feels. Like, I've only talked to, I've like, firsthand heard two people get tickets, you know, um, and they've been, and they have been the pricier tickets, right? Like over like 30,000 yen a pop tickets. And that's what it kind of seems like. It seems like everyone went after, and me too, the cheaper tickets and they were totally swamped. And the only people who really got um, tickets were people who 
just said, fuck it, and splurged on some expensive-ass tickets. And they got them, and they're like, oh, shit, I got to pay for this shit now. <laughs> Both of the people who, they're like, oh, fuck, we, yeah, it's kind of fucking, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but fuck, that's kind of expensive. We got to blow, like, you know, 60,000 yen or, like, 80,000 yen on fucking tickets. Like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but whatever they got, well, they had to pay for it now, but still, you know. But at the time, they'll they'll be like, all right, yeah, whatever. But um, so I've talked about like repeated lotteries. I don't know, I don't even know when the fucking other lotteries are. But like, I'm just like, you know, that article talks about the overwhelming demand for tickets here. I think it was, you know, it's like ten times, like one in ten chance of even getting tickets, like the highest demand i believe of any ticket demand of any olympics in history you know just just in the tokyo the people in the tokyo area i've talked about before the people the amount of people in the tokyo area plus people all over japan willing to come to japan that's what i was going to talk about too there's a bunch of shit olympic related crazy shit right because i've i've said it before so many times i'll just keep repeating myself you know the two big issues you're going to hear about around you know, in about a year are going to be the heat in Tokyo in summertime because it's fucking hot and hotels, lack of hotel rooms. And I'm already seeing the crazy, totally Japanese solutions to the to one problem. I haven't heard anything about the heat so far yet, but but the the on the news, you know, the totally Japanese way of thinking about things. So it was um on the news the other day, like there aren't enough hotel rooms, so Maybe we're they're just gonna like park a cruise a couple of cruise ships in Tokyo Bay <laughs> and house people there. We can we can we can jam like a like a fifteen hundred people on the ship. <laughs> it's just like what? Like <laughs> but I mean that's like a totally Japanese way of doing things. Again, helping bigger companies, helping resort, things like that. But Opening, allowing people to run Airbnbs during that time is a big no-go, right? That's not going to happen. Again, because of the vested interest in the hotel industry, they've already shut down Airbnbs and minpaku, if you will, you know, to accommodate the massive amount of people here. So basically, if you don't, ha- if you're coming to Japan or planning on trying to come to the Olympics, and even if you got a ticket and like I'll figure out accommodations later, you're going to be asked. You're probably going to be sleeping on the street or something because even capsule hotels are going to be booked. You're going to be like coming coming to Tokyo from like two three hours away. Like to be honest with you, you're going to be riding the bullet train to go see your event. You probably can't even see your event because you know you'll be like it's like a crapshoot to even win tickets for that shit. And I was thinking about it too. I, I forgot if I read or heard or something, but. Um, I think part of it as well is, you know, the sponsors, sponsors get preferred tickets, you know, Japan's a real top down country. So a lot of these bigger companies, um, have like a monopoly on a lot of the premium tickets. I would imagine their staff as well, unofficially, um, probably pooling tickets, you know, through a lot of big companies as well, where the company will just pay for it on the back end and shit to give preferential treatment to for like sales to clients and shit like that. I imagine there's a bunch of that shit going on, you know, so then when you by the time you get down to like regular people, it's like, oh, there's just such high demand. Well, you know, if like the manager of a of a department tells all his staff to like we need a bunch of tickets, and I'm I'm 100 sure this went down. But okay, we all need a bunch of tickets. So you know, here's what I want you guys to do. I want all of you all 
to register for 10 events, you know, and if you think about it, right, you got like one department, you got 10 people, you know, for, for 10 events each and they'll be reimbursed for it later or they can charge it to the company, you know, because they'll be able, if if it's in that situation, they do get the tickets, they'll be able to charge it to their company's entertainment budget. Definitely they will. So, um, you know, and, and as a treat for big clients and shit like that, be able to, you know, get tickets for different events and stuff like that where half the clients probably might not even show up. You know, this is what the article was talking about, but just the availability of it is kind of, that's the part of, like, that's, that's Japan. I'm not, I mean, I'm not shitting all over it, but I just know when we, I we won't really hear anything about it, but when the time comes or after the fact, that shit's probably going to come to light. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure. Like, that's what's going to happen. You're going to hear about, you know, the overwhelming demand, the lack of tickets, and then you're going to see some stories about empty seats you know, and oh shit, that's fucked up, and people miss their opportunity, and blah blah blah. But you know, again, Japan doesn't really operate. Foresight is not really like a, one of the strong points um, of Japanese people. I, I'm sad to say. So I can see the shit coming a mile away, like you know. And so don't be surprised when you when you, if these stories make it out of the country and, and you kind of hear these things as, as things approach. So just giving you a heads up on that. Not to be cynical about the Olympics. You know, I'm still happy the Olympics are going to be here. It's great for the country. Great for me, um, business-wise, moving forward in the next, like I said, my six-year um, time frame. Not only that, but the World Expo after this. But, I'm, you know, I'm, as far as, like, my Olympic fever, I, like, once they said the countdown, I just saw those cheesy-ass commercials, and I thought about all the bullshit that's about to happen in this next year and how crazy it's going to be. Plus, I got my head down, and I'm just, like, powering forward. I'm like, eh, nah. Whenever she, when shit calms down, I'll go to the Olympic Village and see it with, with my family and check out the Paralympics. But, you know, if I can go see... Um, yeah, I'll be lucky if I can go see um, some wheelchair basketball. It might be cool, but you know, but fuck all of that, man. So, so that, that's it. Um, which I didn't even get to my article yet. I'm gonna just give it to you really quickly. I didn't read this shit. I, I gave you one article. I'll give you one more to, to kind of tide you guys over. Then let me get up out of here. It's um the world's first. If you if you're into Sailor Moon. If you're a Sailor Moon, you know, fanatic, uh, if you, I think one of the early episodes I talked to you, you know, about one of the first animes I saw, like, after school was Sailor Moon. I'm not, like, I probably could not sit through an episode now. <laughs> but, you know, if, when I was high eating a fucking sandwich, like, after school and high school, never really, you know, it, it got the job done back then. But, you know, so I'm not knocking you, you know, hey, do your thing. But, um, but, um, the world's first Sailor, the article is by on Japan Today, the world's first Sailor Moon show restaurant coming to Tokyo. Once again, world's first Sailor Moon show restaurant coming to Tokyo. So the, the headline pretty much says it all. I didn't even bother to read the story because I can kind of imagine what it already says that um, there's the fucking. Actually, I did read a little bit of it. Um, that yeah, there's gonna be like a a restaurant with that has a Sailor Moon live show so you can like you know eat some probably Sailor Moon themed shit like some blonde haired noodles or something like that I don't even know or some black cat curry or some shit like that and um and um enjoy you know some um, more than definitely not Sailor Moon's well Sailor Moon 
I would, she has blonde hair. I don't know. I'm not even going to take my bets on whether Sailor Moon is going to be Japanese or a foreign person. But but if she's blonde, she yeah, she might be a foreign person. It'll be more entertaining for Japanese people that way. But um, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So some restaurant companies just, again capitalizing on the cool Japan boom. A lot of tourists coming into Japan. Well, if it's for, I don't know how they would do it because if it's for tourists coming into Japan, they might just have a Japanese person. I'm not really trying to think too much into this. Not being condescending on Sailor Moon if you're a Sailor Moon fan, but um, you know, just I'm not in the frame of mind to really like ponder what the details of the Sailor Moon restaurant show at like one thirty in the morning. Sorry, sorry, but um, but yeah, I, I you know it's definitely a move towards the cool Japan kind of trend that's really popping off. Um, the amount of foreign people coming here is really overwhelming, and um, it's kind of like a tug of war between Japanese people now, where it's like there are foreign people everywhere. Fuck, but if they got so much money, shit, and they're you know it's kind of like <laughs> I can feel it. Like you know, it's like we like their money but there's too we want their money but it's just too many of them like we like that they're coming but don't kind of can we just control the faucet a little bit you know, you know they, the the water pressure the foreigner water pressure is getting a little bit too high they kind of want to turn it down in spots a little bit but it doesn't really work like that so um so yeah uh, but but if you, if you're interested in Sailor Moon check out that uh, piece of information and and you know if you're hopping over I don't know I don't know when that motherfucker's opening up I don't know where it's gonna be I, I don't I don't dude I don't know I'm leaving the rest in your hands but just letting you know that it's coming Sailor Moon is coming I'm sure probably if this becomes a hit there'll be a Aquila Cafe coming too and a, and a bunch of you know a bunch of other shit copycat shit going off like in the next few years just you know uh, restaurant people are really good at that so um it's and especially now because of the amount of uh, foreign people coming in it's going to be a thing so all right so let me stop it right there um and next time up um i still have some other shit i want to talk to you guys about uh oh 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 oh. very quickly yeah that's what i wanted to say um at the last episode uh, there was another article um that um is piggybacking on the what you call it the um how I ended the podcast last time, uh, which was about the you know tragedy that happened uh, about a week and a half ago. Well, um, another article popped up from Japan today, which is survivor of deadly arson attack escaped by jumping out of building, um, and it was, this is exactly what I was talking about last time, and that's why I kind of wanted to take a take a second to actually talk about it. I read through the whole article, and it was basically saying that this one guy he was fifty two. And he actually did jump out of a window, you know, um, on the from the second floor. And he said there were a few other people on the balcony. He describes the scene, what he saw. It's a really a bit disturbing scene, just a bit warning. I mean, it's no video, but um, you know, his his um, account of what happened that day, you know, is is pretty sad. But what I was, and which I, what I am relieved um, to hear is that. You know, there are people who were able to kind of keep their wits about them and, um, you know, find their way, uh, another alternative route. And that's what I do find in Japan. That's what I said, generally speaking, not all Japanese. Again, you can't just pay everyone with broad strokes. Um, 
in general, I would say people tend not to be able to think outside the box, but there are people who do. And those people who do, you, you know, as me being a person who tries to think out of the box as much as possible, like if I go, again, the side street or a different way, I'll see a couple of people trickle off from the main path and do the exact same thing. I think you, you heard me talking previously about busting a move in the car. Uh, you'll see a few other people busting some moves too. And so it's not everyone, but there is a large main vein of people who do kind of think singularly and there are but there are some other people who can and do think outside the box and I was a bit relieved to hear you know that um I think the guy he he jumped off the second floor he's 52 he jumped off and he only had minor injuries um so I was kind of happy to hear that at least I was a bit relieved to hear that at least um of course I'm still disheartened that as many as many people as did had to lose their lives um but it's good to hear that you know there were lives of other people spared by the fact that they were able to like you know get to a balcony I think he said he dropped down you know felt around for open window you know did what you're supposed to do in a fire get low you know if you keep your wits about you find like you know he went to a balcony i guess and you know and did what he had to do so so that was um that's what it was so all right so let me get out of here yeah let me hurry up oh shit it's almost two o'clock in the morning okay <laughs> i gotta wake up at like seven so yeah um i wanted to, to drink some wine before i went to bed but fuck that all right y'all i'm, I'm out of here thanks for listening peace